0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend
1: doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai,
0: there's joy in every journey. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? pressure. Pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. We are flying into this week 2-0. We have Sunday night football on the schedule. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And, you know, there's there's always a little bit to talk about with the, the post-game debriefs, but I think the the meat of what we want to talk about obviously is what is set to be a marquee matchup that maybe is missing some of the marquee players and that how that's going to change the dynamic going into uh, the Superdome. So, Perry, I don't know if you have any quick thoughts about the Lions before we dive into the Saints, but the Packers are two and zero and two and zero in the NFC North, which I think is probably the most significant stat so far this season.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was I was you read my mind. I was going to say, you know, I think there was no question to me that the Packers were going to beat the Lions. Um I think the way it was done um and the fact that it's a division opponent is way more important just than the win itself. Um, Just again, another really impressive offensive performance, Um, and it shows. And again, I think this week is a little bit of a litmus test there as well. But shows that Week One wasn't a fluke. That this offense is rolling and it's working, and we can win in different ways with Devontae, without Devontae, with Aaron Jones, without Kenny Clark. So, um, just another sort of benchmark to um, show how impressive the Packers are so far this twenty twenty season, and. Puts us obviously ahead um, in the NFC North. I know technically we're tied Mm -hmm. with the Bears, but I I think that that two and zero for the Bears looks very different than the Packers two and zero. So it feels like we're off to like a really hot start, and it's like we have said on the off off season, it's our division to lose.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I mean, I think that you know every team right now is kind of dealing with some significant injuries, so. These matchups could look different next time the Packers play the Vikings, next time they play the Lions. But, you know, we talked about this on Happy Hour. We've talked about this on this show previously. You can only play the team in front of you in the capacity that you have them. So, you know, with Nick Bosa now tearing his ACL, like what do we want the Packers to do when they – play the 49ers like every team is going to deal with injuries and you know the Packers are without Kenny Clark on Sunday against the Lions so that would have or could have should have been an advantage for the Lions to capitalize on with their run game so going into now Sunday night's matchup you know I think this is the real test for this Packers offense and for this Packers defense um, given that you know the the Saints and yes the Vikings were too but the Saints were playoff contenders last season Um, I think they kind of you know, fizzled out a little earlier than we had anticipated, losing in the wild card round. Um against the Vikings. <laughs> against the Vikings, yeah. So um, what are your like initial thoughts before we kind of get into like the breakdown of offensive players, defensive players? Just what are some things that you're gonna be keying in on Sunday?
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a really good game, I think, regardless when you get to sort of without question first ballot Hall of Famers up against each other, you know, no matter what, in a prime time game. You know, you're you're gonna get hopefully the best football that they can possibly produce. So getting that kind of game from Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees is just going to be good football to watch. Um, The saints are a tough team. I I think we say it every year that there's, there's always those top NFC division or conference rather contenders. And they're always one of them. Um, I think for me, you know, and it's not a knock, I guess it is a knock a little bit on Mike Zimmer and Matt Patricia, but like Sean Payton is the cream of the crop when it comes to play calling. And so to me, you know, seeing what Payton can do to limit Breeze and stop that creativity coming out of Sean Payton is going to be huge for us because we do, like you mentioned the 49ers earlier, you know, we do go up against guys like Kyle Shanahan later in the season. And um, we're not going to get that sort of, run, run pass from, from every single team, you know, like Matt Patricia. So I said, I wasn't going to knock him. And here I am. Um, so I, I think, you know, that's a piece of it. And again, like just being prepared for what Sean Payton can pull out and, you know, he know, he's going to be aggressive. You know, that they're a team that can pull a full drive out, no huddle on Drew Brees's calling just like Aaron Rodgers can do. So um, I think it's just definitely going to be a tougher test for defense and, you know kenny clark participated in practice a little bit today which is going to be huge for us um if he can go uh, i think that's game changing um and to me there's kind of without michael thomas there's sort of two main players to to focus on really and it's camara and drew and and whether or not we can stop either of them that's that's where the focus should be
0: yeah. So I think like there's a couple interesting aspects going into this game. And so far I think one of them is just kind of the narrative surrounding Drew Brees. Um Jacob and I talked about it a little bit on pack a day is, you know, Jacob was kind of looking at it from the perspective of, do you think that Brees is going to enter this game with a chip on his shoulder? Like, do you think that the narrative that he maybe should have retired and not come back? Like, you know, everything, obviously the swirls uh, in the media about, you know, Tom Brady losing week one, is he washed? Is Drew Brees washed? Like, what do these things mean? But, I mean, Drew Brees really isn't forcing the ball down the field. It's kind of unlike a Drew that we've seen. Um, Everything is kind of dink and dunk. And he's historically had a really quick release on the ball. Um, He doesn't spend a lot of time in the pocket. He just kind of, you know, completes what he completes quickly. Um, And I think we saw that a little bit on Monday Night Football against the Raiders, even though, you know, you could argue that it was playing from behind, everything was like a five or six yard pass to Kamara in the middle of the field. And that's still, I think Jacob called it death by a thousand paper cuts. Like those things can still hurt you. And I think the Packers
1: specifically can sometimes struggle with that kind of offensive play calling because like we've seen with this year, even that like those sort of short chunk plays that should be, defended quite quickly just end up becoming much larger, um, 10, 15, 20 yards. And so it's it's definitely a different Drew Brees, like you said, but those aren't necessarily something you shouldn't be like game planning for because we've seen the Packers sort of play soft and let that turn into a last-second field goal. And that can be game-changing in, in a game against the Saints.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think that's a good segue. Like one of the stats we talked about a little bit pre-show was just the ability to sustain drives and, you know, both offenses, that's going to be key on Sunday. I guess you could argue that it's a key every week, but, you know, for third downs right now, Matt LaFleur, that was something that the Packers offense struggled with kind of significantly in his first year as head coach. They had about a 36% completion rate on third downs for all of 2019, and it looked a little better in the playoffs. They had a really good success rate against Seattle on third down, but going into 2020 now, and again, it's only a two-game sample size against some not fantastic defenses that were missing key players, but you know, the numbers already improved to 52%. So we are seeing the ability to sustain drives. And if you look at the flip side of that and the Packers are going for it more in fourth down um, right now, they've attempted uh, fourth down conversions three times and they've successfully completed two of them. Whereas uh, the saints have attempted one completed zero of them and um, the flip side of the flip side, the defense, then um, the saints defense has given up three of three fourth down conversions and the Packers have successfully given up zero fourth down conversions. So I think that that ability to sustain drives is going to be really key on Sunday. And I think it could turn into like a time of possession battle um, to kind of wear down the opposing defenses because we do know that yeah. both of these offenses have the ability to be really explosive kind of at any given moment.
1: Absolutely. And I think, I think that Matt LaFleur is going to have to match Sean Payton's aggressiveness and knowing that sort of fourth down stat and also seeing that the Packers have been very successful with it. I think the one fourth down conversion they didn't get was on like the one yard line in the red zone. The other two were fourth and six this last game and then like a fourth and five or fourth and three. So they're going for it in all areas of the field. And I think Matt LaFleur really has to take that aggressive aggressiveness all the way through, because you know, Sean Payton's going to come
0: with that energy. Yeah. And I think the, the red zone element is key here because if you look at the numbers for the first two games, both defenses are really struggling with red zone defense and both offenses are not putting up the kind of production that you would expect from them in the red zone with these high powered offenses that have guys like, Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones, who are so versatile within that 20 yard line. So both defenses are giving up like 85% success rate in the red zone. So, you know, statistically, if you get down there, you should score on either of these defenses. Whereas on the flip side of that, then the offenses are kind of struggling to put up points. The saints, I think have like a 60% success rate and the Packers have like a 54% success rate in that red zone to score points. So it really feels like this game could come down to the difference between field goals and touchdowns. Like you, yes. once you get inside the red zone, you have to put up points and yeah. you have to hope for seven, like we talked about with these sustained drives. Any point is going to matter when you have offenses that can be this explosive.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a really high scoring game, unfortunately, um, which will be very fun for a Sunday night football (laughs) game for everyone. I think stressful for the teams that you're rooting for, because you want your, your defenses to get off the field. Um, but I think we're very evenly matched. Like there's, there's not, I think we have strengths that the saints, um, are a little bit weaker on and, and it's the similar vice versa. And I think it's just going to end up being like who executes the game plan best against their opponent this week. Um, and it's, it could really tip either way. I think the Packers could fully go out and win this game, especially the way the offense has played. But again, the Saints are a phenomenal Super Bowl contending team as well and can can walk away with a win, especially at home. I think I saw a stat today, um, you know, barring – this is pre COVID where fans were, were allowed. And I think the Superdome as Aaron Rogers has said is a really, really tough place to play historically because the fans are so loud. Um, but the saints on a Sunday night football game are 10 and zero yeah. um, at home. So, you know, this is, this is not, and I, again, the, the circumstances are quite different, but it's a, it's just a tough place to walk into and, and try to win a football
0: game. It is. Yeah. And I mean, I think, um, You know, we talk about the dynamic offenses and, you know, the explosive nature. And it it is unfortunate that, you know, both teams could be without their premier wide receivers. You know, losing Michael Thomas, it's really significant for the Saints offense. Losing Devontae Adams is really significant for this Packers offense. But I think that this is where the test comes in then, you know, because the Saints have a really exceptional defense. And I think you know, the offense for the Saints is gonna be the biggest test for Mike Petton yeah. thus far. So kind of just figuring out where this Packers team is at. And like you said, it's not necessarily a true litmus test. One game does not necessarily have to define the success you'll have in the season, but you know, there are a lot of key factors going into this game that likely are missing. So I don't yeah. know if you want to start Ben by talking about players on offense to watch, but you know, I don't know what your take is on whether or not you think Devontae Adams will play, but Going into Sunday night's game, who would you say then is your player to watch on offense for the Packers?
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll start by saying that I, I think, you know, from what I've watched of the Saints so far, I, and I guess it's just one game against the Raiders, like they definitely struggled without Michael Thomas, I think more yes. than the Packers struggle without Devontae Adams. Um, and I think that's like a, a really key here and why I say really the players that we have to stop are Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees, because from what I saw against the Raiders – it wasn't like our, our offense that spreads the ball around and has two dynamic running backs and some tight ends that can catch the ball. So, you know, Emmanuel Sanders pre- did literally nothing on, on Monday night. So... It's definitely interesting, but I, I'm so glad you mentioned the Saints defense because they're actually one of my favorite defenses in the league, and I'll definitely talk about them a little bit more as we go through our players. But in terms of who I think could be a little bit of a game changer for the Packers, and that's barring that he catches the ball. <laughs> um, but I I think that this is the get-right game for Jay Sternberger, and I say that because, first, he struggled immensely against Detroit I love that he acknowledged it as well and just kind of went out there and said, yeah, brick hands, I'm sorry, going to get out there and get better. And, you know, Matt LaFleur said in his press conference this week that he's still a huge part of the game plan. And so like their faith in him has not faltered. And so I still very much expect him to be part of our offensive plan. And after watching what Darren Waller did against the saints on Monday, Um, which was astounding, to be honest. I mean, he's phenomenal. I think he's incredibly underrated, um, probably like the third best tight end in the league right now. Um, But we need to attack them like that because obviously it worked, and I think we really do have the personnel to – accomplish that, you know, in Jace and Bob Tanyan and even Josiah Deguera, um, like we we do have the personnel. So I, I picked Jace. It could have been any of our tight end group, but I think that that's definitely the key. Yeah,
0: I'm going to go with um, a wide receiver this week. And to me, a lot of this uh, success of the offense, you know, even if Devontae Adams is able to play is going to be uh, MVS. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, Michael Thomas was the speed guy for the Saints. So they're losing a really dynamic piece of their offense and it kind of limits what they're able to do. And, you know, that could kind of be why Drew Brees isn't forcing the ball downfield because, you know, he's dinking and dunking because he's got Elvin Kamara on like six yard screens. And, you know, there's just not a lot of success to kind of push the ball downfield. So with the Packers having a burner and yes, Devontae Adams can blow the top off the defense as well. But I think the speed here is going to be really important. And MVS is, you know, He's the guy to do it. And, you know, I think it'll be a test for him to kind of prove to the league that he can be a wide receiver too. Because, you know, I don't know if it'll be Alan Lazard, but somebody's gonna line up against Marshawn Lattimore, who is one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. And if it's not Devontae Adams, you know, who does that yeah. leave? So I think that this is gonna be a really big proven week for MBS and On a national stage like this, I think it could be the game, like you said, for Jace where he puts it all together and he's not dropping passes and he, you know, is kind of completing his game.
1: It's going to be a test, I think, and we'll probably dive into a little bit of the Saints secondary, but I think it's definitely a test for for our receiving core as a whole because their base four is elite you know, kind of the way we feel about ours. Like theirs is just as good, if not potentially better. And so it is, it's very much going to be a test. But speaking of tests, um <laughs> for the Saints, you know, who I'm watching is, and I'm a little bit biased because I picked him up in my fantasy league um last week and so I was actually watching quite closely. But I think without Michael Thomas, you know, everyone was looking at Emmanuel Sanders to pick up that slack and get those targets and he couldn't. Um he couldn't do anything. And actually the wide receiver that was able to do do anything against the Raiders was Tracon Smith. And I think that it's going to stay that way. I think obviously he showed that he can come up in in the clutch if Drew Brees needs him. Um and I expect that to him to have you know increased targets this week again if Michael Thomas doesn't go. Um I will be removing him from my lineup because I don't want him to actually succeed in those targets against the Packers. <laughs> But I do think that you know. Okay, I'm joking. But I do, I do really think that you know, without Michael Thomas, it's it's not going to be Emmanuel Sanders, and we're going to have to watch Smith.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of toyed with who was going to be my my player for the the Saints offense, and the guys I keep coming back to are both familiar faces for the Packers, and it's Taysom Hill and Ty Montgomery, actually, because to me, those are really dynamic players on offense that historically would be able to give this Packers defense fits and their role will be primarily attacking in the middle of the field. And, you know, Christian Kirksey and Chris Barnes have looked really good. Christian Kirksey made a really nice tackle on uh, TJ Hawkinson for like a one yard gain Um, and against a big body tight end. Like that's something that this defense was missing the last couple seasons. So, you know, there's a lot to like there, but I think that, you know, Taysom Hill kind of in the same vein as, Alvin Kamara is like a security blanket for Drew Brees, and he just adds another layer to the offense where you have to account for him when he's on the field. I mean, because it could be a wildcat, he could line up in shotgun, he could line up at halfback, he, he could line be the up quarterback the slot, right? He can be literally anywhere, um, except maybe I guess blocking on the O line. But you know, it, I wouldn't put it past them at this point to try that. So, to me, he's the X factor here um, as my player to watch on offense for the Saints, and I think it's just. Because former Packers historically have nice games against the Packers. Um, and I think we just have to go out and clarify, too, that Taysom Hill would not be in this role, even with Matt LaFleur as the yeah. head coach. So, you know, just because Sean Payton is using him this way does not mean that he would have the same career arc as yeah. Green Bay.
1: I I think it's interesting that you say that about former Packers because I personally feel like, and we're going off script here. So just bear with me, (laughs) but I I think Jared cook is another player. And I was toying between him as well because former Packer, right. Packers historically have a little bit of a hard time covering big body tight ends who know how to, you know, use their hands and use their body in space. And he knows this team. um, You know, frankly, the team's quite different from when he played, with us, um, but he still knows Aaron Rodgers um, and knows what to expect from Aaron Rodgers. So, so, you know, Jared Cook, Jared Cook, man. Um, but switching over to the other side of the ball, um, obviously we'll start with the, with the Packers. And I, I think, you know, something that I definitely am looking for just from the defense as a whole is you have to get in there and you have to rattle Drew Brees because yep. he's 41 years old. He is a pocket passer. He is, not mobile anymore if he ever was in his career he certainly is not anymore um and so our pass rush is how we are going to stop the Saints offense um I know that that doesn't you know necessarily stop Alvin Kamara but it stops Drew Brees from getting the ball out um and if you can do that that's that's really the key um, and so to me, I'm really looking at Zadarius Smith this week. Like he's been, him and Preston have definitely been a little bit quieter than they were last season, um, which is fine. We're still getting pressure. And, and you know, obviously Rashawn Gary has kind of shown a little bit in that. But we're going to need Z to get out there and have a vintage Zadarius Smith performance. Um, and I think that it's something that he can do – he shines on the big stage. He's one of those players that I think prime time and getting snubbed and all he can fuel himself in these moments. Um, they almost like give him extra juice. So I'm really looking at Cedarius Smith to kind of put that captain hat on and lead this front to a lot of sacks.
0: Perry. It's like you read Maggie's pregame six pack, uh, for Friday because I my didn't. literal, <laughs> my literal first point is, um, Z'Darrius Smith, and I'm with you. We're going we're gonna to double up here, and I think it's, you know, he's had this game circled on his calendar since June. You know, Drew Brees had his comments. Z'Darrius Smith basically said, all right, week three, it's on. You're absolutely right about him being like a primetime performer. We saw the performance he had against uh, the Vikings to clinch the division, win the North last season, and I, I agree. I think that I put in in my uh, pregame that I think that this could be his first double-digit sack performance of the season. And, you know, if Kenny Clark plays, that just increases those chances. And, I mean, he's been tasked with generating pressure in some unique ways. We talked about him last week being a roaming nose tackle. And while he is able to generate that pressure, we're also seeing him get double and triple teamed um, as run defense with, with Kenny out. Yeah. Right. So I think that that's going to be significant for him. And we know that Rashawn is also capable of generating pressure, leads the team in pressures right now, but I agree with you. I think that Z is definitely the player this week for the Packers defense.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's interesting too, because, you know, we, we talk a lot about how Kenny Clark is so important. And I think when you think about Kenny, you think about this big body in the middle and run defense, but you don't, your second thought then is just how much he helps our pass rush out to the point where just like you said, like if Kenny's getting the double teams that leaves gaps open for Rashawn and Z and Preston to get through to the quarterback. Um, And without him, we're actually, we're really seeing our pass rush falter a little bit and it just emphasizes so much more how much we need Kenny Clark out there um, and how much he deserved that contract extension. Um, But my player for the Saints is actually someone that you have already mentioned. Um, He is one of the players that I love to watch in the league. He is a top 10 cornerback. Um, You know, it's the first time we're actually going up against a star level player in the secondary. And that's Marshawn Lattimore. Obviously, you know, he's that shutdown corner for the Saints. He has been like I said, one of the best in the league since he was drafted in 2017. He's really like a cornerstone. Haha, punny. Um, (laughs) Cornerback. He's a cornerstone of that defense. And he, you know, like you said, if it's not Devontae Adams, he's going to be going up against a receiver that unfortunately is a little bit of a mismatch in their favor if it's not Devontae Adams. Because Marshawn Lattimore knows this game and he knows how to stop opposing wide receivers. And I just want to also mention that regardless of who is out there, the Saints secondary is filled with elite talent. It's, you know, they acquired Janoris Jenkins. They have Malcolm Jenkins from the Eagles this year. And of course, Marcus Williams as well as their safety. And it's just, it's not going to be a situation where Aaron Rodgers is carving up a rookie secondary anymore. This is like, can our offense and our passing game handle the best of the best. Um, It's going to be a really big test, and Marshawn Latibor, I think, is number one in that.
0: So that's why I think it's interesting that earlier you said that you thought this would be a high-scoring affair, because to me, this is, I think, the first time, and we'll talk about score predictions later, but this was the first time that I was like, you know, I don't see the Packers putting up more than 30 points, and it's because of this really exceptional secondary. And I think, you know, to your point, because it's such a good secondary, if the Packers are able to, like, if they put up another 40-burger, you know, yeah. I'm going to buy Super Bowl tickets so I'm gonna attend <laughs> because of COVID.
1: Well, but. <laughs> well, I think that it's you, know, you can appreciate the secondary, but still trust that Matt LaFleur may scheme our receivers open like he has been or rely on our run game. That definitely provides us an advantage because it's not just Aaron Jones that we're going up against. You know, they're going up against. We have Jamal Williams. We have A.J. Dillon. We have someone like Tyler Irvin, who is my X Factor player in this game. It's, it's a little bit more multiple to use your favorite term. Um, and so, yes, it's, it's going to be obviously a test in what we call against the Saints secondary, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not going to succeed against them.
0: Yeah. Well said. And my, my defensive player to watch for the saints is none other than cam Jordan. And it's because, you know, kind of to your same point about the secondary, this, Packers offensive line has looked exceptional through two weeks, despite kind of the musical chairs that have taken place and losing a key player like Lane Taylor early in the season. But, you know, Cam Jordan is about as good as it gets from a defensive end standpoint, defensive tackle. He can line up anywhere. He can generate pressure from anywhere and, you know, yes, you know, the the Vikings were missing Daniel Hunter And the Lions weren't able to generate a ton of pressure up the middle, but Cam Jordan will. (laughs) He'll have his opportunities. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers has stayed pretty upright and clean going into these first two games. I think he's, you know, one sack on the season and it was kind of his own fault in that aspect. Like it wasn't really a blown um, coverage by the offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, he to me is going to be the guy that can kind of make or break this in defense. And, you know, it goes back to you attacking Drew Brees and not wanting to give him time in the pocket, because I think we know that at this point, Aaron Rodgers has the better, stronger, more accurate arm. So if you give Drew Brees time in the pocket, he will likely dink and dunk you down the field. If you give Aaron Rodgers time in the the pocket, he's going to torch your secondary. And he's
1: going to drop a dime
0: and you're not gonna be able to cover for five, six seconds while his guys get open. So yeah, i I'm glad we touched on both sides of the uh, the front seven and the secondary because I think that those are two really key Pieces.
1: Yeah, so you stole my you stole my key matchup. <laughs> um, so I'll just skip ahead to just, like, follow up with the Cam Jordan because, again, like, so much respect for him and what he does. You're right. He lines up everywhere. He's a lot like Zadarius in that sense, except that he's a defensive end and not an outside linebacker. But he can play pretty much anywhere. Um, he does mainly play on the left side, so he's going to be up against the Packers' right side of the line, which two weeks ago I would have said, oh, dear God. You know, <laughs> that makes me nervous. But, you know, we've been playing quite stout on both sides, So it's just going to be another test, but you're right. He really is their iron man. He's always on the field. I'm pretty sure he plays like 95% of snaps. So you're not getting any kind of break. He's not a first second down player. Take him out. You know, he is going to be on the field for he third downs and fourth downs. If we get to that point. So cam Jordan versus the Packers offensive line um, was also my key matchup to watch.
0: Yeah. I just, you know, for giggles, pulled up his, uh, his snap counts. And it has been over 83% his entire career since 2012. Um, his most dominant season was 93% of snaps. So you're absolutely right. He is all over the field. So then I guess, you know, we kind of talked about key matchups a little bit. Uh, if you want to swing into X factors, I know your guy is Tyler Urban, so I'll let you elaborate on that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I picked Tyler Irvin because there's just, like, been a lot of narrative around, like, how the Saints have all of these other, like, X factors like Taysom Hill and Ty Montgomery and Alvin Kamara can do a lot of things in the past game. And, and I completely agree with that. And the counter to that that I've been hearing is this idea that John Lovett can come in, like Taysom Hill, because he was a quarterback in college. That, to me, <laughs> is a stretch by pretty much every stretch of the imagination. Um, I think if anything, you know, to me, I think I, if Josiah Deguera was healthy and we knew that he was playing in this game, that that's who I would be choosing. in yeah, this. I mean, in this um, because him to him to me is like the ultimate, like anti Sean Payton player. Um, but again, like Tyler Irvin, although he's not a fullback and it's not going to get it there and block um, and not going to be in there on wheel routes, but in his own way, I think this is a game where he shines and, um, you know, his, his speed, his shiftiness, potentially his help on special teams. I think I'm like recency biased because I've been watching the Randall Cobb, um, touchdown, kickoff return, touchdown, like Tyler Irvin to me is like fully capable of making those kinds of plays. And I think that we saw a lot in the Detroit game where he was, put in motion as a decoy or, you know, did his jet sweeps and rounds, et cetera. And, but his, the fact that he gets success in those um, routes means that as a decoy, he also works. And I, I think that because he's new, because we only have a very little amount of tape on him, the Saints defense might not necessarily know what to do with that. And so to me, I think this might be the game where Matt Lafleur really pulls out his Tyler Irvin, you know, route tree and and scheme plan for his vision of this player that he you know he appreciates and values so much.
0: Yeah, I'm staying in the backfield uh, with my pick this week, and it's Jamal Williams. And a large part of that is the fact that I think he'll be an unpass pro quite a bit. Uh, Bill Huber had a really good article come out about Aaron Rodgers, you know, finally trusting his, uh, pass blocking from his running backs. And, you know, Jamal Williams has always been really solid at that. And Aaron Jones has like laid his body on the line the last couple of seasons and he's gotten increasingly good at that as well. So, you know, we talked about Kim Jordan and the, you had mentioned that he lines up uh, increasingly on the left side. Um, so I could see Jamal in that, whether it's 12 personnel or even just in 11 as kind of that added, um, run or the added pass pro for Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, I think, And again, this is like the battle of the 2017 backs, you know, with uh, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, and Aaron Jones on the field. But I think what makes uh, Alvin Kamara so interesting is the fact that he almost has as many receiving yards as rushing yards through his career. And that's why I like, you know, Jamal Williams this week from an offensive perspective beyond the pass pro is that he has emphasized kind of the way that he's been running routes and the way that he worked on Um, his hands and just that explosiveness in the receiving game, like in addition to the running game. And we saw some of that against Detroit where he was winning his one-on-ones and he was getting open. He just wasn't getting, you know, some targets because he was last in the progression. So Rogers kind of didn't look to him, but I think that he and Jones as a tandem especially now in year two of Matt Lafleur's scheme can have that kind of success where I think Kamara's uh, numbers are like 300 yards off. Like he barely runs the ball more than he um, catches passes. And I think, you know, that's kind of what Matt LaFleur wants from both of his backs. And I think that that's why there was also an emphasis on AJ Dillon catching uh, passes in training camp, because we know that if you're going to play in Matt LaFleur's offense as a a running back and the same way you mentioned Tyler Irvin, That's all kind of part of it for LeFleur.
1: No, for sure. Yeah, I think Jamal will be definitely a nice X factor in this game because no one's really seen his route running abilities that he has, you know, clearly worked on and Aaron Rodgers has touted as much, much better, so we'll see what what the j j swag daddy can bring. <laughs> um on defense or sorry, um on um, for the Saints I chose another defensive player um sensing a theme here. Uh and I I really I just I just love Malcolm Jenkins and I think him going to the Saints was just such a good good career move for him. Um obviously made the Eagles worse, but he <laughs> is not he is, like, your ultimate, you know, kind of play-all-over-the-place player. Like, he's someone I would love to have in Green Bay because he's not just a safety. Like, he plays in the slot. He blitzes. He can be a box-level linebacker. Like, he does whatever you assign him to, and he does it well. And I think that he's the kind of player that, may, you know, makes offenses shudder a little bit because – you don't know where he's going to line up and he's also a savvy vet who has seen a lot who can really diagnose you know what what kind of schemes and plagues that the offense is going to call up um and i think he's going to be a little bit of a menace for for the packers on sunday
0: yeah i like that i'm going to take it i don't know this is probably like a really weird direction to take this in but My X-factor for the Saints on Sunday night is Adam Troutman, the tight end. And, you know, during the Monday night broadcast, he had one reception, his only career reception thus far. It was
1: a great catch.
0: Really good catch for 17 yards and a first down. And, you know, the, the broadcasters had basically said this, look for him to do more of that because the Saints were down. They needed a completion. They needed to sustain the drive. And he was somebody that Drew Brees looked to. And uh, Jared, I mean, Jared Cook has some decent numbers going into the first two games of the season. They're not like exceptional, but I think that he's, you know, 93 yards and a touchdown so far in two games is pretty good for a tight end. And he, you know, he could very well be an X factor too for the Packers, but we've seen the Packers struggle against tight ends. And, you know, if their focus is on Jared Cook and if the Saints want to line up in any type of 12 personnel with Kamara and Troutman and Cook on the field or some type of variation of that. Troutman seems like a guy that could burn the Packers and he was somebody that I liked in the draft process. So, you know, seeing him with the Saints, I thought that that was a good landing spot for him in the Sean Payton offense.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I uh, I think obviously one catch is not anything to write home about, but the catch that he did made is very indicative of the kind of player that he can be in the Saints' offense as if this team needs any other weapons. Um, so who is your key matchup then, since I already
0: gave mine? I mean, I think, I think we're kind of in agreement that the key matchup is the Packers' wide receivers against the Saints' secondary. I think that that's going to be – really the most telling aspect of the game. And you could flip it and say that it's going to be the Packers secondary against the Saints wide receivers. But I think the Saints wide receivers are struggling. And to your point, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, really slow start to the season, um, had a really quiet end to last season. So the fact that, you know, the Packers um, – I know it's a little tongue-in-cheek, but MBS and Alan Lazard have better numbers and statistics than Emmanuel Sanders um, for the beginning of the the season here. So I think both secondaries and both receiving cores, especially now that you are likely to be without Devonta Adams, without Michael Thomas, I think it's gonna be, you know, an indicative of which offense can get rolling quicker and which quarterback has better success finding those guys. Like You know, if if Marshawn Lattimore has blanket coverage on Alan Lazard all game, takes away, you know, Rogers' guy on third down. So a lot of that where, you know, which receivers are going to win their one on ones and which secondaries are going to win their one on ones.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, can't take away Mr. Clutch on third down. (laughs)
0: Um, So we usually
1: do a a player for fantasy. Um, I definitely struggled with this one this week. Um, And I think that my recommendation um, would be MVS. And I think it's because of exactly what you said earlier about how this is sort of the game where if Devante doesn't go, you know, both him and Lazard are going to see more targets and given, uh, sorry, MVS's speed, um, And he usually has like sort of the big, big plays. So in fantasy, that's what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, I'm going to steal your guy and I'm going to say Trey Smith. And it's because of some of the reasons you already listed. But, you know, we haven't seen enough from Emmanuel Sanders. He's been in my starting lineup all like the first two weeks. I have gotten nothing for that. I've lost the first two weeks and I'm not going to fully blame Emmanuel Sanders for that. but. He's not in my lineup this week, so you know what? Actually, put him in your lineup because he'll probably have like 200 yards because that's always what happens when I swap out my players. But I do think the Traquan Smith, if you're looking for a wide receiver to kind of replace uh, Michael Thomas, he'd be the guy this week. And you know, I but it's obviously always Elvin Kamara because he is the Saints' offense. So yeah, he really is. (laughs) Um, So we
1: alluded to kind of discussing. What we think the score is going to be, and to be honest with you, I'm really struggling with this. Um, but I I landed on one that I feel comfortable with, um, okay. and it's it's 31 to 30. Ooh. And I say this because for two reasons. One being, I think, like you said, you know, it's going to be a high scoring game, but you know, we we're still we're still too pretty for lack of a better word, good defenses. And so I don't think it's going to be scoring on every single play. There will be some punts, but um, it's not going to be a 40 burger, or at least if it's, if it is, that's phenomenal. Um, (laughs) But I, I, the reason that I have it as a one point difference is because I just genuinely cannot decide who's going to win. Um, And I think even if, even if you know, the Saints win or if the Packers win, it's going to be quite a close game. It might be one of those games that comes down to a field goal. So um, go in with that close one.
0: Yeah, um, I gave my score prediction on Pack-A-Day. I'm, I'm going to stick with it this week. It's really hard, and um, this this is the one where, you know, we've both expected the Packers to win the first two weeks. It was kind of easy to make that assumption or that guess, this is the hardest matchup so far to predict because of all the reasons that we've already gone over on the episode, but I'm taking the Packers to win this game and I'm taking them to win 28, 24. And I do agree with you that, you know, I do think that it could come down to who has the ball last. And I think it's going to be success in the red zone. And obviously with a score like 28, 24, you're assuming that the Packers scored four touchdowns and the saints had to kick one field goal in the red zone. So That's where I'm at. It's going to be close though. And it could, like you said, go either way.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll
0: see who's right. doesn't really matter who's right because (laughs) both of us have them winning. So, and we don't have a bet riding on this, thankfully. So
1: no, 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 no. (laughs) Um, all right, Maggie, where, um,
0: can everyone find you if they want all of your work? Oh God. Okay. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. I write two articles a week for Cheesehead TV. I podcast with the Thursday pack a day podcast crew and you can catch me every Monday, which will be extra exciting uh, for week four. We'll be previewing the saints game live right before the kickoff um, on happy hour from game on Wisconsin. It is a live show that Perry and I co-host where we encourage you to bring your alcoholic beverages or as we pointed out last week, your juice boxes and you come hang out with us and talk all of the Packers football that you want to talk live for an hour. Perry, I know that we do a lot of the same stuff, but where can people find you on Twitter?
1: Um, You can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. Uh, I am with the Every Other Monday crew on Packaday, so um, you only have to listen to me once every two weeks. (laughs) And um, I'm also with Maggie every Monday night on Happy Hour. It's going to be really fun to break down this game. I'm um, unfortunately traveling, so might have to watch this game after it happens, so we'll have to stay away from Twitter and turn yeah. off all of my notifications yes. if I don't want it to be spoiled. Um, but if you... You know want to follow me on twitter that's where you can find everything that i do and also please follow pax what she said podcast pwss podcast on twitter like and subscribe to the show on all of your streaming platforms and as always can't end any show without the go pack go go pack go